it's, it's a circus. Uh, for those who are our guests, we have three biological kids and three who are adopted or fostered. So um, don't start recalling KSST in the news telegram. Uh, we really hope that for moms who were able to make it to church early this morning, that you were able to uh, come and be pampered and received uh, just a small token in the way of appreciation that you fully deserve over in our pamper room. Anybody make it over to the pamper room this morning? Yeah, a few of you. Awesome. So as every Mother's Day, I've got a few uh, gifts that I need to uh, impart this morning. Over in our pamper room, there was a mama questionnaire, and there have been a few um, winners from our questionnaire based on their responses this morning. And so uh, for the first question, uh, go ahead and get that one right out of the way. It says, how long was your longest labor? How long was your longest labor? Y'all give it up for Marisha Moreland this morning for laboring 72 hours. Marisha, are you here in the room this morning? Marisha, there you are. Perfect. I can't believe that Jonathan would do that to you, but um, we really are appreciative for your perseverance in that journey and the love that you guys share as a family. Next is uh, how long have you been a mother? And I am uh, privileged to recognize Mrs. June Cameron for being a mother for 57 years. June, where are you at this morning? I saw you earlier, right back here. Thank you for being with us this morning. Yeah, I'm sure she did. I'm sure she did. Perfect. And last but not least, we have um, a question, the biggest baby weight, right? And so for all you moms uh, who can empathize and sympathize this morning, Stacy Austin Sargent holds the title this year for 10 pounds and 4 ounces. 10 pounds, 4 ounces. <laughs> Woo! And all the guys said it's a great day to be a guy, right? Woo! Man. Uh, so we certainly couldn't have pulled off this morning's pamper room effort without the amazing effort from a few people that I want to issue a special thank you to this morning. Mandy, will you pass these out as I uh, call their names? Uh, one of those is Whitney Grand Lenard. Whitney, did you make it into service this morning? She's serving next door, isn't she? <laughs> You can hand that to Jim. Jim, we're counting on you to make sure that that gets in her hands uh, on account of Shannon Oaks Church and not Jim Grand Lenard being an awesome husband. Uh, Chelsea Ramey. Chelsea, are you, she's still over there tying up loose ends. Jared, same thing, brother. Copy and paste. These two ladies uh, did an amazing job of exemplifying ownership in uh, the mother's pamper room this year. Uh, Melissa Edge, Melissa, are you in here this morning? Right back there. Y'all give it up for Miss Melissa. <clears throat> the, uh, the lady whose reputation goes before her because her kids and grandkids, and I don't think there's any great grandkids yet. Renee McGraw, Renee, where are you this morning? Is she here? There you go. 
Renee has been uh, faithfully generous to uh, come and bless our women with uh, massages and during our pamper room experience. And last but not least, my favorite baby mama, my wife, Mandy Godwin. <laughs> Y'all give it up for these ladies. <clears throat> Mother's Day is a fun time, but I also acknowledge that um, Mother's Day can be a bittersweet time for some of us um, who either have lost a mother in the past, um, have had uh, failure uh, in our efforts to be mom, um, and uh, some trying seasons along the way. And so if that is you this morning, just know that we know that this sometimes, uh, though it is a, a moment to honor and celebrate mothers, we know that there is a lot of pain sometimes that comes alongside with Mother's Day. And that's why we're so grateful that we can rest in the everlasting arms of a Heavenly Father, who, as we sang this morning, who never fails, who never changes. He's the same to yesterday, today, and forever. And on this Mother's Day, I pray that all of us would find His rest. Amen? Don't forget, next Sunday um, is our church-wide picnic and debt-free celebration. We're going to have pulled pork sandwiches, potato salad, baked beans, and a side of Tannerite. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be amazing. But seriously, we're not asking you to bring anything but yourself, um, your appetite, and a celebratory spirit as we finally have the opportunity to uh, celebrate what God has done in and through the life of Shannon Oaks Church over the uh, last 12 to 18 months um, as he has powerfully delivered us from the chains of financial debt and set us free for a, a greater season on the horizon. And we believe that uh, next week is going to be a, a great honor uh, to celebrate uh, what he has done. Whew. I hadn't even started yet. We've been in a series over the last couple of months called The Garden. And if you're new with us this morning, um, I think today is, is maybe the most uh, impactful message in our series that we will wrap up this morning. Um, the garden uh, obviously references the Garden of Eden way back in the beginning that we find the story in Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3 uh, where God gives us the account of creation and he lays forth before all of humanity um, his good and perfect plan. And we see how things uh, take a turn for the worse uh, according to God's plan but we see God's beautiful and redemptive grace already at work from the very beginning. And this morning, I want to um, sh shift our eyes towards uh, the message that I want to entitle um, the garden purpose. The garden purpose. You see, there is a principle that, that is found throughout the, the pages of Scripture that's called the principle of first mention. And anytime we see uh, something that is mentioned in the Scriptures for the very first time, it carries a special and significant weight to it because through God's provision, it gives us a clear look at heaven invading earth, um, unblemished in its purest form. And over the last several weeks, we have taken a serious look at what God's plan was in the garden and acknowledge that this isn't just the heritage of all humankind, but this is the destiny of for the children of God. Amen? And so we don't just look in the rearview mirror and see the story in Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3 and say, yep, that's how it all began. 
but we acknowledge that this is where God has uh, desired for his church to head back into that good and perfect environment created by him. There are several things in my life that um, have caused me recently to examine and evaluate um, the purpose for which things were designed. I mean, everything in our life was designed and created by somebody for a specific purpose and a uh, specific reason. And everything that we use, from the shirts and the clothes that we wear to the, the, the toothbrush we use in the morning or once a week, uh, and the, the, the cars that we drive um, down the road, everything about our lives is comprised by things that were designed strategically, specifically for a unique purpose. And every purpose fits its function. And this morning, I want to build the level ground that we can all stand on today that God himself, as masterful creator, right, God creates everything with a purpose in mind. Everything from the sun uh, to the moon and the stars, the trees, the mountains, the oceans, the life circumstances, uh, relationships that we have, the placement in time of when we will live and breathe and have our being. Everything is created by God, by God with a specific and unique purpose. And so it's only natural that since we, uh, God's children and his creation, right, since we are made in his image, that we would create and design in the same way. Amen? And so this morning, I want to look at uh, a, a few verses in Genesis chapter 2 that give us an idea of the garden purpose for which we've all been created. You ready for this? It's good stuff. For everyone here today, I want you to know this. I don't know where you came from. I don't know what you're heading into. But you may be uh, finding yourself in a season in your life where things seem more unclear now than they ever have been. Things seem more unsure now than they ever have been in your life. And I want you to know beyond a shadow of any doubt today that God has created you with a special and a unique purpose. He has made you the way you are, who you are, where you are, and what you are today for a specific and unique purpose and I want to look to the pages of Scripture in Genesis chapter 2 this morning to round that picture out for us. Genesis chapter 2, starting in verse 15. It says this. The Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. Wow, what a powerfully theologically diverse and deep passage, right? Man, the, the Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. Do you remember over the last few weeks what we've talked about in the way of the Garden of Eden and what that represents? The Garden of Eden is the, the place of, of pleasing to God. 
the place where faith is the mode of operation. It is the, the ground on which everything is founded and the, the, literally the road laid before uh, man and woman in that setting. God, God created Eden to be a place of faith. And here in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, we see that the Lord God placed man in that environment, in the environment of faith in the place that was pleasing to him. And if it's good for God, it's good for all of creation. God placed the man in that setting to tend and watch over it. Men, God created you with a purpose. God made you the way you are, where you are, what you are today for a unique and special purpose. And we get a glimpse at it right here in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Now, I want to confess something to you. Moms, I'm not trying to hijack Mother's Day, but the reality is Mother's Day is the largest Sunday gathering throughout the calendar year other than Christmas and Easter. And men, since you choose not to show up on Father's Day, I figured I would take a moment this morning and speak to you on Mother's Day, all right? Sounds like a plan. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 says that men are to tend the garden By shepherding, guarding, protecting, rallying the environment of faith. Man, God has placed you in a setting where he has given you everything you need to watch over what he has entrusted to you. And we said over the last several weeks, men, that the garden in reality represents four different things. It represents, number one, a connection to the Father. Men and women were connected to the Father in the garden. Number two, uh, having been given the dominion of a son or a daughter. Number three, having been empowered by the Holy Spirit. And number four, having been completed through community. That's what the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3, that's what it represented for mankind. That is the the, the context in which he placed you, man, to tend and watch over that. And so I want to ask you a question this morning. As a man, since these are the things that God has created you to tend to and watch over, how how are you doing? How are you doing with that God-given identity mission statement? How are the, the conversations in your life stirring connections to the Father, not just for you, but for those around you? How are your relationships facilitating and fostering the, the, the opportunity to have been uh, given the dominion of a son or a daughter? How have uh, your uh, times and your schedules throughout the week um, reflected the priority of, of, of receiving the empowerment of the Holy Spirit? And how about the, the way that you spend your money financially through the course of, of your weeks, months, and years? How does that reflect your 
completion that only comes through community. How, how are we doing as men? When we stop and, and really get honest before each other, before ourselves, and before the Lord, how are we, how are we walking in the identity that he has given us as, as tenders and, and, and overseers of the garden that he has entrusted to us? Let me tell you, this is what we were made for. This is the very thing that gives us satisfaction, accomplishment, fulfillment in life. This is what we have been created to be. Those people who shepherd and protect and stir up and, 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 and rally those four things. Connection to the Father, the dominion of a son or a daughter. Empowerment of the Holy Spirit and the completion through community. This is what he's entrusted to us, man. I, I put myself in the boat with you this morning when I look around at the life that, that we live that overlaps some more than others. And I acknowledge and confess before the Lord and before you that, that we're not doing a great job. That sometimes... In our journey, we find ourselves exhausted and exasperated and, and finding ourselves at the end of our rope on this journey because it just seems like it's so much more than, than we can handle on our own. But then I look at how great we're doing in pursuing those efforts and satisfactions that bring us pleasure, at least temporarily. When I look at our time schedules and I see I have no problem filling it full of things that really don't align in any way with what God has entrusted us with. When I see the things that, 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 that lure us away from the connections that we have through community with each other and the connections that we have with our Father. Man, I think we have incredible room to grow. I think we have an amazing opportunity to, to, to acknowledge where we are and where God has created us to be and to say beyond the shadow of any doubt that, that we're not where we were made to be. And sometimes we find ourselves on this journey exhausted because the, the battle is hard. The journey is uphill. But most of the time I want to offer to you this morning... The exhaustion and the exasperation that comes our way, men, on this journey of tending and watching over the garden is because we find ourselves not being who God has made us to be. We find ourselves pursuing other things that we were never made to pursue. I don't think it's any debatable conversation that the man today is worlds apart from the man God created. Amen? Amen? I'm speaking to the men this morning. I don't, this message can't fall on deaf ears or we're going to continue to get what we've always gotten. Sometimes we need to heed the reality of God's plan in our lives. But pastor, there's grace, abundant and free. Yes, you're right. 
but it doesn't give us the freedom to stay on the journey that we were headed on in the first place. It gives us the freedom to say, you know what, what's in the rearview mirror is in the rearview mirror. We can't change that. But what's in the windshield is the opportunity for you to live out of the overflow of who God has made you to be. What in your life would change today if you walked out of here living a life that fostered and facilitated connections to the Father? Receiving the dominion of a son or a daughter. The empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And having been completed through community with each other. What would change? What would change? 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 and 14 says this. This is far beyond the context of the garden that we just read about in Genesis chapter 2. Paul is speaking to a church in the New Testament, and he is saying, listen, guys, I know by God's word what he has made us to be. Men, listen to this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men, be strong, and let all you do be done in love. Every one of those things speaks to, connects with the, the identity that God has given us, men, to be uh, tenders, workers, and overseers of the garden, the environment of faith. Everything that Paul mentions in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 takes us back to who God has made us to be. And he's telling the church in Corinth, listen, that's not just something in the past. This is the something for you in the future. And even to be now in the present. Ladies, thank you so much for bringing your men today. Thank you. Thank you for giving me that opportunity to just relate and connect with them on a level that, that is necessary for the good of all creation. Thank you for that opportunity. Men, be who God made you to be. I'm not asking you to do what God wants you to do. I'm asking you to be who God wants you to be. Yes, that changes what you do, but you don't act in order to become but because you are, therefore you do. If you hear me, men, say yeah. Now, ladies, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 and following says this, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. And the men said, Amen. I think we need to do a little marriage message uh, next week. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while the man slept, the Lord God took out of the man's ribs and took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. The two things that are on the surface here that 
um, that I, I want to acknowledge here. I, I believe that good things happen when a man sleeps. I think that's what the scripture says loud and clear. Uh, and then I also think that because um, a woman was taken from man's side um, in, in the way of a rib, I think that explains the long-awaited uh, mystery uh, of why men have this impeccable longing for beef and pork ribs on the barbecue, right? Yeah, I got some applause out of that one. Whew. But seriously, there is a message here, ladies, that you need to hear. You need to hear. And I don't want you to shut me out before you take this in because I'm not about to stand before you and to offer to you that, that what Genesis chapter 2 is telling us is something in the way of a predisposed submission um, to the man that God has paired you with. That's not what the scripturally, the, the term helpmate or helper um, portrays. The word in the Hebrew is azer, and that word in the Hebrew is a military term. It's not a passive, domesticated housewife term. This is something that was borrowed from the military language in that day to speak to the warrior nature of, that an azer demonstrates as he or she uh, approaches the worn and weary soldiers on the battle line and surrounds them in such a way to insulate them from the enemy and to give them the opportunity to recover and be revived in the battle that is ongoing. Is anybody hearing me this morning? Women, you have a warrior nature. God has created you to be a warrior with men on earth. Men, he created you to work and tend the garden. And as macho as that sounds, Bimo, I'm thinking that the ladies take the cake when it comes to the aggression and the, 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 the pride that comes with the nature that he has given woman. You know, I remember as a kid uh, going down the street, which is one of those phenomenons today, uh, and play with your friends. Like Nobody does that anymore. Um, and I went down the street to play with a buddy of mine who lived a few houses down. And somewhere along the way, um, unintentionally, uh, you can ch check the records and everything, I, I ended up hurting my friend. And it was not on purpose, but, but something happened where um, I crossed the line of what his mama thought was acceptable. And I guarantee you there was a deep-seated fear that rose in me that day because of the response that I saw from Mama Bear when she stepped in to protect Baby Bear. And I realized that there was something about the nature of a woman that was something that aligns with what we see in Genesis chapter 2 and the way that God says they were made as an acer. There to protect those they've been entrusted. There to come alongside 
and nurture and rejuvenate, to encourage, to speak life, to bring back to life those people they've been entrusted. God designs us with a purpose. Proverbs chapter 31 gives us a a very commemorative passage of Scripture that speaks to uh, the the wife of noble character. But I want you to, in in this afternoon or in the days ahead, to, to revisit that passage and see through a new lens the way that that wife who is honored and described there in Proverbs chapter 31 fits the warrior nature that she has been made by God to represent. Women of Shannon Oaks Church, as a man on this journey with you, and as a spokesperson for the rest of the men on this journey with me, women of Shannon Oaks Church, we have never needed you more than what we do right now. Because we uh, find ourselves being lured away to be boys instead of men. To find ourselves pursuing temporary things that bring satisfaction for just a little while instead of stirring up the connections to the Father, the dominion of a son or a daughter, the empowerment of the Spirit, and the connections and completions through community. We have never needed you to be the Aitzer that God has created you to be more than now. Flip over to Matthew chapter 13. I want to finish with this passage this morning. Matthew chapter 13. We see... Jesus telling one of his famous stories. They probably weren't all that famous during his time, but uh, they've been recorded, as you know, through the gospel accounts. And and through that time, they have been uh, just deeply admired for the depths of truth that they contain. And I want to unpack this one briefly together this morning. It says this, Jesus told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. He said, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds, and as he scattered them across his field, whose field? His field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop. And that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Whose field was this? His field, right? The farmer's field. Can I ask the farmers in the room this morning, if you throw out some seed and it falls on some undesirable ground, what you going to do? You're going to fix it, right? You're going to get that John Deere, you're going to bring out that tractor, and you're going to make it right. You're going to work the ground that has been entrusted to you. Can I offer to you this morning, church, that a passage that, that gets 
presented in, in far too common uh, platforms as, as uh, uh, the reality of the gospel being, being spread and communicated to, to all of humankind. That some people are going to hear and some people just ain't going to hear it. Can I change the perspective from us this morning as we, we look at this passage in Matthew chapter 13? Can I offer to you this morning that the problem is not with the field but with the farmer? Can I offer to you this morning that Matthew chapter 13 has a lot more to do with the responsibility that man and woman have been tag-teamly appointed in Genesis chapter 2 than what the reception is of the world for the light of the gospel? God has entrusted us a garden. Men, women of faith. He has put us in charge of tending to and overseeing the ground, the environment that stirs up connections to him, draws people together in his family, and gives them the empowerment that they need to walk in the victory that has been secured for us through Jesus Christ. That's what life is about. And if that's not what your life looks like this morning, it's time to do a serious heart check. To stop and truly evaluate what are you doing? Or better yet, who are you being? You see, all of those things in the garden need each other to be fertile soil that Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter 13. What is a connection to the Father if it doesn't have the empowerment of the Spirit? It, le- it would lead somebody to, to walk in fear and, and, the, and the, the lie that they have to earn or maintain the acceptance of a Father. Or what is the, the, the dominion of a son or a daughter without the connection and the completion through community? It leads them to, to live in a life where they are not walking by God's power, but by their own. And what about the, the connection through community? What if they find themselves without the uh, connection of the Holy Spirit, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in their lives? It leads them to live a life of isolation and disconnection where they never get a chance to exercise and operate in the gifts that God has given to them. I want to offer to you this morning on Mother's Day, men and women alike, God's not inviting you to the assignment. He's inviting you to the alignment of your heart. To find your heart agreeing with what God says to be true. Because at the end of the day, there's only one plan that prevails. And it's His. There's only one truth that doesn't give way to the weight and the pressure of this world. And it's His. And so this morning, as a man and as a woman, who are you being? I'm not asking you this morning to try harder to do better. I'm asking you this morning to surrender more so that you can be more. Lay down the life that you've been living and receive the life for which you've been created. Only then 
Will you walk in satisfaction, in fulfillment, and in partnership with God here on earth? So I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. Our ministry team members are going to be here at the front and the back of this room. I know that the Lord is dealing with some hearts, some lives this morning. Chances are you've blown it. You've missed the mark for which you've been created. I got great news for you this morning. There is grace upon grace and mercy as deep as the ocean waiting for you, ready to, to change the route that you're on. We can't change where you've been, but God's grace wants to redirect your future this morning. The very first thing in the garden that we talked about, the connection to the Father, John 14, 6 said, if anyone comes to me, he comes to me through the Father. God has come to give you life abundant and free. But you have to receive it. You have to, to wear it. You have to let your life resemble his. How's he speaking to you this morning? What's he asking you to change today? And then just listen for his voice and be obedient when he responds to you. For some of you, that means there's been some significant changes on the horizon. For some of you, this means that you need to enter into a time of of repentance where you are confessing the things that you previously believed and thought were true, but now you understand that God has something greater in store for you. How's he speaking to you this morning? I want to ask you to stand to your feet. I want to pray for you as our ministry team comes this morning. Father, I thank you that you are our good and perfect Father. I thank you that your plan prevails when everything else falls and fails. And God, I know that we have been made for your purpose. And God, it's a purpose that you look at and you say it's good And it brings glory, not just to you, but throughout all of creation. Father, I don't want to look back on my life and see that I have gone a completely different direction than the one that you laid out for me before the foundations of the earth. And Father, I I don't want to look back on the lives of my brothers and sisters in this room today and see that either. So Father, by your grace and your loving kindness, Would you draw us to you today in a new and fresh way that gives us the capacity to to keep the main thing the main thing and to stay focused on who you have made us to be. And God, give us the, the completion through community with each other in such a way, whether it's a life group or a group of coworkers throughout the week or just a brother or a friend or a neighbor that we need to to stir up in each other the connections to the Father, the domain of a son of a daughter, and the empowerment of your Holy Spirit. God, would you let your will come? Let it be done here on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. If you need prayer for any reason, we invite you to come.